You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger. This is Lars Walker. You're listening to All Over the Place, where the fun sanity never ends. Hello and welcome back to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. I'm your host, Eric Provoznik, and tonight, folks, it's Halloween episode. So we're we're bringing some scary stuff and some possibly traumatic stuff to the show tonight. So strap in with our co-host, Jim Culver. Howdy, folks. Hello, Jim. Are you ready for spooky night tonight? Oh, yeah. All right. Get on. Back in the house, Marty Zamora. Hey. Yeah, you don't get scarier than Eddie in the 80s, baby. Marty, good to have you back. Thank you, sir. And Christine. Oh, my. She's great. Oh, no. I'm a scared. Yeah, she's a feared. She's a feared. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I want to throw uh, a lot of love tonight. Our uh, our assistant uh, producer intern, Skeeter, is stepping up tonight. She's going to be doing uh, some more uh, some more involvement with the production of the show tonight and throwing a lot of good ideas out there. So I wanted to acknowledge and thank her. On, on our episode tonight, where we're going to be talking about three scary things from our childhood. And also to counter that, because you know you, you got three three to one, yeah yeah, you got to have something that that made us that brought some comfort to us, that made us feel a little bit safer, a little bit better uh, when we were kids. So we're we're gonna start in the upper left, as I can see. For those of you watching on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. If you're just listening to us on an audio platform, well, go watch YouTube while you're listening. Anyway, uh, Christine, gonna start with you tonight. Okay, well, let's get the scaries going. So I am the youngest of four children, which I've brought up in the past on this show, I'm pretty sure. But my older siblings used to love to traumatize me. And one way that they used to traumatize me was we would be having chicken for dinner and they would have my plate and I would just be coming in, little Christine, like jumping into my chair, pull, pull the napkin back, and it's face up with the chicken, like the back of the chicken where it shows the whole spine and the bones. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Traumatized me. Absolutely. Like I still get a little queasy. Everybody's laughing at me. We can put it back to the group. <laughs> Knowing this, I still get a little queasy with chicken bones. Like there's no way I would have made it in the 1800s having to deconstruct animals to eat them. Like, ugh. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I feel a little weird having the uh, the 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 whole rotisserie chicken. Yeah, I know. In, in in the refrigerator right now. Should should I be covering that every time? We we used to be expecting nothing but a skeleton when you take the cover off. <laughs> oh, it's going in the trash as soon as it becomes a skeleton. Like it's out of here. Yeah, no, that is not. Yeah, and I, as I think maybe mentioned on the show, I'm the oldest sibling, so I was part of the one doing traumatizing things like that. So on behalf of your older siblings, deal with it. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Zero <laughs> sympathy. Wow. Am I the youngest? Is, am I the only one that's the youngest in their family? Oh, right here. Oh, okay. Come on, man. Marty, we're taking a cat corner tonight and the, the two oldest with the two youngest. Yeah, I was the oldest. Still am. <laughs> yes, I remain. So, well, Marty, down to you. 
All right, circle gets the square. Okay, so uh, we'll start it off with one that's, it was only traumatizing for a little while, but uh, my dad remarried and I had a stepsister that was just a couple of months older than me, but way smarter. And she would torture me when I stayed there. I mean, she would, I don't know how she got so devious. I mean, she would, um, she would go and get like some bugs out of the yard and she, I would always lock the bathroom door. I still do. I'm so traumatized. Um, <laughs> even here with just my wife and I, and she would like toss them into the shower when I was in there. Just she'd crawl into my room at like three in the morning and reach under and grab my foot and start pulling. I mean, especially my dad had a habit of taking us to rated R scary movies. And <laughs> those nights were the worst. She would torment me and I couldn't beat her up. You know, she was a girl. So I was stuck. Oh, I, there was nights I couldn't sleep. Oh, it was, it was awful. And it even went back to my other house at my mom's. I was still afraid. She didn't even live there, but she was awful. So can relate. Christine, I can relate. The, the, the boy's got the jitters. <laughs> to this day, he's got the jitters. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other side. Other happens? side. You see what happens when, when you, you, you become the, uh, the not the oldest sibling, even ever so briefly? What can happen? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did torture my little brother. I did. <laughs> All right. Well, over to another of our uh, the little brothers here. Over to Jim. Yeah, I'm going to preface this by saying that, like Christine, I was the youngest, not only in my immediate family, but my 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 Catholic extended family. So, uh, yes, there were many a plethora of things that my older sister and my cousins all did that uh, could have made this list, but didn't quite make the cut. So, um, so yeah, for my first one. Um, we lived a little, uh, we lived in central California when I was growing up and we used to take weekend trips up to, uh, San Francisco to see things like Alcatraz and, uh, various other touristy places. Uh, one year we went up to, uh, Fisherman's Wharf and did all the touristy things they had going on there. And one of them was, uh, a torture museum. And I was way too young for this, but, uh, but we all went and uh, it was basically just a display of the worst medieval torture devices ever made, and probably some that didn't even really exist. Um, the devices were, were messed up enough, but this, this place had, was basically like a house of horrors. It had, it had like actual recreations of people being tortured, blood and guts and everything, and it had recordings of them screaming and gasping in pain and like the whole nine yards. And like they were letting families into this place. This is this was California in the early '90s, I guess. But uh, it just was a little too real at that age, and uh, so that kind of stuck with me at the time. Like it was fun for a while, but then it just was a little bit too graphic for me at that age. So, so yeah, a little too intense and definitely traumatizing. So, I got a question. Yeah, did they have an Iron Maiden in there? They did. Oh, that's awesome. I was going to say, Skeeter, now's where we would want to cue some Iron Maiden or Marty throw, throw Eddie back up on the screen. Yeah, that's which one. <laughs> Iron Maiden, excellent. Okay. <laughs> Marty, you're, I think you, you got to give us a guitar solo. 
Oh, our solo. There we go. All right, now we, we've all done. We've all been there now. Uh, for me, I get, being the oldest, not a lot of you know. There's not. I got nothing in that arena just because I, I was the. Well, I'm not going to throw my brother Michael under the bus, but uh, he he was the devious one in the family. But uh, the thing the things that he would do to our youngest brother, but as the oldest brother, I probably should have stepped in. I yeah, I, I, I'm not going to. I won't indict Michael on those, but uh, let, let, let's just say that I I did the, the, the traumatizing thing for me was you know you grow up in uh, northern Pennsylvania, northern Ohio, very flat. Not, not a lot, not, uh, you know, no children of the corn type stuff. That would have been uh, interesting, but uh, not a lot of water. I mean, no, no bridges until we went to the city of Pittsburgh. The, yes, there's competition between New York and Pittsburgh, what the, the true city of bridges is. But I know Marty's with me on this one. He's got a Steelers shirt on tonight. So I know he's with me. Pittsburgh city of bridges and going out on those things, even for, you know, a, less than a mile traumatizing for a kid who was so used to flat nothing and these weren't suspension bridges at least not that i recall but i would just be so freaked out that if we were just sitting in traffic because it's pittsburgh you're gonna be sitting in traffic on a bridge <laughs> and it just felt like they were shaking i was five six years old no good and it carries with me to this day as christine will attest to when we went up to niagara falls earlier this year and we were on a couple of very pittsburgh-esque bridges heading over across the water and I, I, I was white knuckling it the, the entire le- less than a mile to get to get across in those things. No, no bueno. Bridges. Uh-uh. I don't even want to think oh. what would happen if I uh, got up to the uh, the Golden Gate. Especially after what happened in 1989, watching all that footage when when the earthquake. Nope, no bridges for me. I, I avoid them where possible. I'd rather like swim across a, a river. Wow, many layers. Never knew that, Eric. Yeah, and I can attest to that too. Like those, I have nightmares about some bridges where you're going up, 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 up. And it's almost like being on a roller coaster. You can't see anything to the sides of you. You're just going up. And then like, it kind of looks like you're going to fall off the face of the earth. Yeah, those are a little, a little horrifying. So wait, when we were in Havasu, you're okay with the London Bridge? That that was that was short enough. Pretty small, pretty quick. And it's pretty and wide too, right? All quick, wide, and I it, it's, it looks like it's got a nice solid base to it. It does. So, and yeah. it's only going over, you know, 30 feet wide of water. So, Yeah, if I fall from that one, I'm, I'm not going to be, uh, you, know, you know, I, I think I'll probably yeah, be swimming. Exactly. So, yeah. And can, in case you're trying to get any ideas, Marty, yes, I'm okay with the London Bridge. All right. Well, we're going to have to go back. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're on to our second one and over to Christine. Okay. Well, um, I kind of deliberated between a couple things that I was going to mention, but I'm going to stick with the um, sibling trauma um, because there were other ways that my, my older siblings used to It's therapy me. night here on all over the place, folks. <laughs> we're going to work all this stuff out. So for quite a while, um, as I was growing up, my older sister, Diane, and I, she's four years older than I am. And so I was like, and I, we, she and I shared a room probably from about the time that I was maybe seven until she went off to college. 
So I was like, you know, junior high, I think, when she left. I was going into high school and she graduated and I took over the whole room. But it was like kind of a sub-basement sort of a thing. So it was like not fully underground. It was like the windows were at ground level, you know. But so it was cold down there. It was damp. Like that was not a very good scenario for you know, a seven-year-old kid to be down there with my sister by myself, but to put on top of it, like trying to put away laundry and I'm this little kid, right? Like I was, you know, for goodness sakes, I was 85 pounds mm -hmm. when I went to col college. So seven years old, I was teeny tiny, right? I was always one of the shortest in my class and trying to put away laundry. I'd be like, Hey, Diane, will you help me put this up on the shelf? And she would go C H A I R get a chair. She always just harass me or she'd like pin me down on the ground and you know, do like that spit torture thing at me, on me. Oh, and girl uh, did that? Just, oh my gosh, she was I didn't know girls did that. Oh gosh, yeah. Girls are mean, Marty. What are you talking about? Oh God, Marty. <laughs> the spit thing, I just didn't know. Yes. Oh, Marty, yeah. go watch a girl. Your uh, your your grandson go you know accompany him to a to a girls basketball game sometime in a high school girls basketball game, vicious, absolutely. Go to a soccer game. Oh yeah, there, there's 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 hair pulling, pushing, there's shut. Yeah, it's girl girls can be mean. Yeah, so my sister used to harass me all the time. It was awful. And now if I ever see her, we joke about it and laugh about it. But back then, oh man. Yeah, it was awful. I was, yeah, it was not fun having her as a roommate. Kind of stunk. And it's therapy, Marty. It's not laugh time, okay? It's therapy sessions. Oh. Now yeah, laugh, laugh as necessary. See, I, I will comfort later. <laughs> and now down to Marty for his number two. Speaking of number two, I was traumatized by. No. Uh, so when I was, I, love uh, the we were, smoke, I, I was like, oh, I'm afraid where this is going to go. I grew up uh, just east of East LA, and uh, it was gang area and not great. But I didn't know. I was a little kid. The, the, the gangster guys were just the older kids in the block. I didn't know. I was just a little kid living life, uh, perfectly safe in my own neighborhood. However, <laughs> one. One day we went uh, grocery shopping, my mom and I. My dad had already left. He was uh, he'd moved out maybe a year before. And uh, we came home. I was carrying a couple of bags. Yeah, I was about six. I was carrying a couple of bags or maybe just one. And my mom had some bags and she's unlocking the door. And she heard something. And she said, oh, my God. As I'm following in her house, she told me, Go across the street and tell them to call the cops. Someone just someone's break broke in. What? And she turned and charged in there. And I followed her, of course, because I don't listen. And I could hear them scrambling around in my room and climbing out the window, which was for some reason houses built back then. There were the bedroom windows were high. They were they were probably the bottom of the window was maybe, I don't know, five feet off the ground for some weird reason. Um, so I could hear these guys scrambling in my room and making their way out the window. And, uh, so she ran in there and just to see them jump out the window and then ran back and said, 
you know, what did I tell you? And then she went and called 911 or whatever it was back then on our phone because they were already gone. Um, but man, that traumatized me something awful. I, because I, I, my bed was right under that window. So I would just lay there looking at that window thinking someone was going to climb in it. And uh, there was quite a few sleepless nights. And every time we would come home, especially from grocery shopping, I was always in the back seat of the car, very scared. Um, uh, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. That might have had something to do with it, but I think we survived. <laughs> but, uh, man, it just, uh, my heart, I remember the feeling of coming home. And I don't know how long it lasted, maybe six months or something, but my heart racing and, you know, f- afraid to go in. Because the first few times, my mom was also feeling it, you know. She was like, hello? You know, she was a little afraid, too. But, uh, boy, that, that stuck with me for a while. And uh, I talked to some of the guys in the neighborhood about it. And they said, no, that was somebody from another neighborhood. That'll never happen again. I didn't know what they meant by that. But, you know, nothing ever happened after that, thankfully. But thankfully. it scared the devil out of me, let me tell you. I bet. I bet, yeah. Yikes. Well, Jim, over to you. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, for a good chunk of my childhood i lived we lived out in the sticks uh out in the uh, california hills and one of our favorite things to do was to uh hike up and down the hills just walk around just explore see what was out there um and uh one of the things that 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 was up in the hills was a an old uh mining cave or old mercury mining cave and so sometimes we would hike up there and you know kind of dare ourselves to go into the dark cave and you know kid stuff like that uh so at one point we're, we're we get together with some friends and we're all hiking up there we go up to this cave we're we're approaching it of course it's completely dark you can't see anything inside it we get closer and closer and then all of a sudden we see this this pair of eyes coming out of it and gets and flies out and it's a, it's a giant bat well giant for when we were kids this bat flies out comes right at us like 3d comes right at us and uh it actually traumatized my sister more than me it got stuck in her hair for a little while and they had to pull it out but but it finally flew flew off but that is the only time i've ever had anything in my life scare me so much that i was my whole body was literally shaking and and numb for for about 15 seconds and it just absolutely terrifying to have this bat fly out of the dark and come right at us that sounds horrible. How old were you? Eight or nine, probably. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. I almost feel like that should have been on our vampire show. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody put it in a movie, thank God. But uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I had some interesting times climbing around those hills, but that was probably the scariest thing that ever happened there. Do you have any uh, latent fear of? Caves and or bats? Um, not a big fan of bats. Caves don't really bother me. I've been in, I've been in other caves since then, uh, but uh, yeah, bats are. And I know I know everyone says bats are actually really nice, uh, you know, night night puppies that just like to hang out and all that. But no, not a fan so much. <laughs> so hanging out with the bats? No, I'll, I'll pass as well on that one. Furry rodents don't need it. Fly, yep. Furry flying rodents don't need it. But I'm going to stick with that theme though, and then it's you know keeping with uh, something I brought up on the Vampire Show. 
Uh, it's a combo piece, really. Salem's Lot and The Howling, two movies which stuck with me. And to a certain degree, The Howling still sticks with me. That, that's just uh, one that I, I, I rewatched recently. Yep, still, 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 uh, still a movie that that uh, induces some nightmares. Some, uh, yeah. And Marty, uh, take that on top of the fact that the lion's mane mushroom, stand, you know, heightening the dreams and bring it. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah. No note to self: Don't watch the howling after taking the lion's mane mushroom. <laughs> Not a good idea. It gets a little intense, but. Yeah, I get movies. I mean, I watch a ton of them. Not, I mean, the horror genre never one of my favorites, and typically don't. I, I mean, maybe it's why I like horror movies that that add, inject a little bit of comedy, whether it's Lost Boys or uh, or Fright Night, things like that. Uh, but yeah, Salem's Lot just intense. Okay, I think I was what nine or ten when I watched that one when it was on TV for the first time. And The Howling, I could have been that much older, maybe thir- twelve or thirteen when that came out, but. Yeah, just two movies that uh, kept me up at nights, and uh, yeah, just you see the shadows on the wall, you think something's going on, and we, we lived in suburbia. These things shouldn't have been bothering me, but you know, get dark at night. You're a kid, you don't know. But yeah, two flicks, which to this day will will freak me out a little bit. And Christine, gonna round it out now with you for yeah. your third scatty. So I actually have a couple honorable mentions. <laughs> Because I had a hard time narrowing it down once I got rolling with ideas on this. Are these but, other um, siblings? Mm-hmm. Other siblings? <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, you know, when I was a child, we used to go to Saturday morning catechism. It was called CCD. And we used to go, like, there were a couple families in our neighborhood that we would carpool with. And this one Saturday... I got left behind and I was the youngest of all of the kids. And there was like a van probably with about, you know, eight kids that were all piling, you know, it was the, you know, um, probably late seventies at that time. But, um, you know, everybody was just piling in somebody's car and, you know, they didn't do roll call. They just assumed that I was in there and like took off. And I went out to like find and saw all the cars leaving, all the cars leaving and, yeah, I got left behind, but thankfully I got um, rescued by a couple of nuns and a priest, and they uh, took care of me until my parents could come and pick me up. But um, until they realized you were missing, yeah, they, my family got home and they were like, "Where's Christine? Uh, <laughs> she's still at church." Like, oh my gosh, yeah. Chicago <laughs> suburbs. This is a theme, not just in John Hughes movies, people. Kids yes. get left behind. I got left behind. Apparently, it is a Chicago thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, goodness. So that was um, one of my honorable mentions. That hey, that's thinking. an honorable mention. My God. That was, <laughs> yeah. But it, it turned out fine. Like it never traumatized me. But it was just kind of like, oh well, you know, like they all forgot me. But you know, of course, then I made sure to. But this is probably my, uh, you know, paranoia now that I'm like, you're coming, right? Like you're gonna be there, right? Like. Yeah, and uh, one of my sons inherited that too, which is unfortunate. But yeah, but when I was about eight years old, um, was one of the first real horror movies that I had seen, and it was on TV. Uh, my parents were out, you know, I was being babysat. I don't even remember if it was a sibling that was babysitting me or if it was somebody else that came in, a neighbor kid that was watching us, but um, 
oh my lord trilogy of terror that little zuni doll which is our background tonight oh my gosh and after seeing that like and i'm the type of person where my feet get hot when i sleep like i can't kick my foot out at night when i was a kid because i thought it was gonna like grab my foot or something and um and you know i couldn't go anywhere in the dark because i thought i was gonna hear this ay, 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 behind me you know with the little knife and oh my gosh that movie just messed me up when i was a kid Eric, I'm, not ideas. I'm not getting ideas <laughs> <laughs> You better not, man. You want this thing to last? You better lay off. Oldest sibling? <laughs> yeah. Don't treat me like your sister. That's the number one rule to relationships. <laughs> Only have brothers wouldn't know how to treat you like a sister. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, that, that's both, both pretty. Yeah. Okay. I can see why one was the honorable mention now. So, yeah. All right, Marty, down to you. All right. Well, um, the number one for me uh, is water, where it was. Uh, so I learned I learned to walk at, I don't know, seven and a half, eight, eight months maybe. I learned to talk really early. I rode a full-size Stingray bike. At, you got to be old to know what a Stingray is. Uh, I was four when I did that. No training wheels, just rode it. Just decided I'm going to ride it, crashed. I did everything early, except learn how to swim. I did not learn how to swim till I was eight or nine. Hmm. So water was a big fear for me for obvious reasons. I mean, I couldn't swim. Um, I remember one time being at, it's like a church gathering at somebody's house. And, you know, I didn't notice this. Someone said, why aren't you swimming? I said, well, I don't know how to swim. A guy grabbed me and threw me in. I think I remember my dad choking him and throwing him in the water or something like that. But I struggled a bit and someone grabbed me and threw me back out. It was no big deal. I wasn't in any danger, but scared the crap out of me. Um, we we're at Lake Tahoe and I had one of those styrofoam waste useless preservers on. And there's a picture of me, a little kid, like hanging onto the boat, terrified, so scared of it. Then... When I was seven, yeah, I was seven, uh, Jaws came out. And my dad thought, hey, let's all go to see Jaws. And it traumatized me so bad. I was so afraid of water. Uh, well, I think I learned to swim at probably late eight. I could swim. By nine, I was really comfortable in the water. So, you know, I didn't go too ridiculous in, in junior high. But, man, until then, I was afraid, so afraid of it. And then once I learned how to do it i couldn't get me out of it but it was so bad so i just i can i'm not afraid of water now but when i think about it back then i can still feel that feeling that anxiety about it uh parents teach your kid how to swim early so the john wayne technique of swim instruction didn't didn't work out for you huh it didn't, well i don't know they didn't, they didn't leave me they didn't let me flounder long enough maybe i don't know but uh boy oh boy that 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 was horrible. And I wouldn't go anywhere near pools if there was anyone around. I was just so scared that the next idiot was going to throw me in. But uh, yeah, that was it was bad. And my next door neighbor had a pool. He'd always wanted me to excuse my best buddy. He always wanted to come swim. I always had an excuse because I don't want to tell him that I couldn't swim. 
And then miraculously at, you know, nine years old, I wanted to swim all the time. But and by then, then that friend had moved away. A different kind of trauma. <laughs> no. <laughs> we did after that. But yeah, it was uh, it was bad. Water was so scary to me. How did you finally learn to swim? Um, I think uh, the same way I learned to snow ski, my parents finally said, fine, whatever. You don't want to learn? Stay in the shallow end. And a friend of mine who could swim was like, come on, I'll show you. And I was able to listen to him and once I started treading water, then from there on, I was like, okay, I can figure the rest out. Once I could keep my head above water, but he taught me that just the whole, you know, just, just push on the water, just keep pushing on the water and your head will stay up. And once I got that down, then I was good. You can learn that in the shallow end. So worked out okay. And then my parents were like, well, you can swim now. Holy crap. So. And for our geographically challenged listeners here on all over the place, Marty being a Californian, being able to swim comes in handy if you want to go down to the Pacific Ocean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So by the time I was 10, you couldn't keep me out of the ocean. I was uh, body surfing and bodyboarding and not surfing till later. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the waves. Never afraid of them. Always, you know. But I'll tell you what, those pre-nine years were scary. And proof, folks, here on therapy session of all over the place, you can overcome your fears. Yay, Marty. Yeah, I kick out all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. All right, Jim, over to you before I get in any more potential trouble. No, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> no, no. No, are you entertained? <laughs> So how did that make you feel, Christine, when you made that joke? That, yeah. <laughs> try okay, it. okay moving on. Um, <laughs> okay, so since everyone else is mentioning movies, that's fortuitous because my number one pick is uh, for childhood trauma was when I was 10, my family all sat down and watched uh, Stephen King's It on TV and had no idea what we were getting into. At least I didn't. And that movie absolutely terrified me. It's probably the still the scariest experience I've had at a movie, um, although it's a TV movie, but I still call it a movie. Uh, I, I, Tim Curry's Pennywise is absolutely terrifying, uh, uh, absolutely amazing performance. Uh, I've seen the remake and it's pretty good, but CGI will never match up to to Tim Curry as Pennywise. I'm sorry. Just now he was absolutely horrifying in that. And uh, something about that movie, the fact that, that it starts out like, you know, this, this standard eighties movie, like the Goonies or something like that, a kid's adventure story. And then it just turns into this horrifying tale of this evil clown that wants to kill and eat children and preys on their fears. And just, it just, just hit me a certain way that it hits a 10 year old, that it just penetrates all your, all your, walls and goes right into your your the fear part of your brain i guess is the best way i can say it but yeah it was absolutely terrifying to me um and it just that's my number one pick because it haunted me for so long after uh for a long time like i had to so like i said before i lived up in the hills i had to walk down down a hill by myself every morning to get to the bus stop 
And I would walk down this hill as a 10 year old. And I would, I would imagine Pennywise hiding behind every tree, hiding behind every, every light pole. I mean, it just stuck with me for what felt like forever until I finally got over it, but absolutely terrified me as a kid. So that is. So would you say like puberty is when you kind of got over it? Probably a little bit before that. (laughs) Probably a little bit before that, but. Different show, Marty, different show. <laughs> I got over other things, but uh, but not the movie. And there's a calming effect. Miss <laughs> be locking your dough. Hey, Marty wants to go first. <laughs> All right, so we're doing we're doing the 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 one good thing now. I'm ready. I already got it. Re- that, folks, that's called Marty's Revenge because it I haven't is, done my number that. one yet. That is not my oh. comforting thing. I like it. So, uh, see, I stopped reading Stephen King by that point. Uh, I did. It was probably the one after. I think I stopped reading about the Talisman. So I missed it. They did the one they did with Peter Straub, and so it I didn't know. But I will, my honorable mention will be Pet Cemetery because I've I've been reading Stephen King since the late seventies. My parents had all the books. And none of those freaked me out. It was much like Edgar Allan Poe never freaked me out. Maybe the Telltale Heart freaked me out. But Stephen King was okay. But Pet Cemetery and just the way that Gage, that blood-curdling giggle that he had, the way King described it in the book, transferred perfectly over to the original movie, the Mary Lambert film. And yeah, that, 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 that's, that's the Stephen King game that just made, made me jump a little bit, look under the bed a little bit from time to time. The, the part that stuck with me from that movie, I didn't read the book, but from the movie was the the sister, the little the, the flashbacks to the little sister that had oh, the, God, yeah. the spinal issue. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely horrifying! I don't know how they made the made that so scary. How do you make it? How do you make a, a sick child so scary? But it's like one of the most horrifying things I ever saw in film as a kid. But anyway, a- after uh, after Christine, my favorite Stephen King adaptation, absolutely Pet Cemetery. But for those of us who grew up in the Midwest, my number one, I'm actually wearing. And Mr. Yuck means no. And I think at some point, we, I may, uh, when, when this episode goes up, I'll be sharing the, the commercials for Mr. Yuck. And what Mr. Yuck is, what, I'm not sure if he's still around, but uh, poison control in the Great Lakes areas. I'm, I'm uh, not sure if it got all the way out to you guys in uh, Chicago, Christine, but it's... Uh, Definitely a, a Pittsburgh and Cleveland area thing. Mr. Yuck, we, we had stickers that you would put on the poison or the, the bottles underneath, like the cleaning solutions underneath because kids been known. My brother, Michael, here he is again. <laughs> it's, uh, he uh, once accidentally uh, drank uh, uh, aftershave. My, my dad did the aftershave in, in the bathroom and, and uh so a Mr. Yuck sticker went on that because well, we didn't have to call poison control, but thank God Michael is still around. He, he survived. But Mr. Yuck put the stickers on there, and so kids knew to, to stay away from it. And Mr. Yuck worked with me. Michael could have used it. But the, the commercial, Mr. Yuck, Mr. Yuck, and just the ominous music. Just you, you knew this is something you need to stay away from. And very quickly, another honorable mention for me are the uh, minor chords in Paul McCartney and Wings live and let die though that 
that freaks me out to this day. And I, I thank God uh, Guns N' Roses cover didn't use it as effectively, but just when you're, I think it was what, four or five when that movie came out, and just the swirling around in my head. Yeah, that's another honorable mention. A minor course for Live and Let Die. I think we had Mr. Yuck over here. In Cali? I think so, yeah. Nice. Here, I'm going to add you. He's going to scare you. He's going to get you. <laughs> as soon as you know to Mr. Yuck. I, 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 I don't remember. It, so I think it did make it this far. Me neither. I think it was before and my time. Re regional maybe, it was a pre, maybe it was a pre-70 thing. Uh, considering I was born in 70, nice right. try. Yeah. Nice try. Well, I mean, like they stopped it once 1971 came around. That's a distinct possibility. <laughs> I don't remember it. I don't so remember he remembers it, it as an infant? <laughs> That's a good, <laughs> good memory. It really comes in handy. Mr. Yuck, Mr. Yuck. Uh, that, that was revenge for the giggling, folks. I'm sure more of that will come. So, Christine, over to you. You see, we, we can take things out of order here. I'm getting better at this. Christine, you're we, we've done the, the scary things from our childhoods. What is the one thing that comforted you that made you feel better? Oh man, that's not a far stretch. It's music. Of course it's music. Like music always lifts my spirits and uh, the scary soul. Mood. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just having on music or listening, like it, when I was um, living in that room by myself after my sister graduated high school, like I always had the stereo on or the radio or listening to tapes or something like nonstop. And it just was, took away all my troubles. I can relate to that as long as it wasn't live and let die. Well, there you go. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Music, folks, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's what we do around here. It, it, it does soothe the savage. The language of the soul. Mm -hmm. Indeed. All right, Marty, over to you with what your comfort was. Well, um, an honorable mention is definitely, I agree with the music thing, uh, especially as a child. One of them, honorable mention, would be uh, uh, cartoons, morning cartoons, whether it was the... Looney Tunes, you know, the the Bugs Bunny stuff or Sid and Marty Croft, all that. I know a lot of that was not uh, animated, but you get the idea. Um, so that's a, that was a really good honorable mention. I remember just being a little kid and um, Saturday mornings or during the summer every day. Um, I would, you know, come down the hallway in my little PJs and go get myself. I had a little tray and I would put my cereal bowl and pour me a bowl of cereal and, and I would go and sit, you know, right in front of the 900 TV on the TV tray and eat my cereal and watch cartoons. Um, but for me, uh, my bike, not one specific bike, just any bicycle. It was everything to me. If I was having a bad day, I rode my bike. If I was in a great mood, Hey, ride the bike. Uh, I could go further. A friend who may have lived a little too far, my bike, it's not too far. I could be there in five minutes. Um, it was just, it was like my first uh, exposure to a little freedom. And I'm a big fan of freedom, not just free thought, but just generally being free and being on my bike. Just, I felt like the, the king of the neighborhood. 
Uh, I could, so, and a lot of times back to the swimming thing, Hey, we're all going to the plunge, which was like the local pool there. Um, I, I don't want to go. And everybody's neighborhood's gone down to the plunge and I would ride my bike by myself. And so it, it comforted me even when things were kind of, you know, not so good. So I love, I like bike. And now here we and, are, motorcycles. So, and as an adult, I was just gonna say, as an adult, you got your motorcycle. You just—I I know you've told me you just get out there, let the wind go through your hair, just riding through the canyons. Yep. Yeah, it stuck with me I'll for, for sure. So, nice. my bike was my ultimate comfort. It was my happy place. That's awesome. All right, Jim, over to you. Well, I'll start out by definitely seconding you guys on uh, on music and Saturday morning cartoons, but. Uh, but my pick is is a little bit more unique to me, I guess. Uh, uh, when I was uh, very young, my dad owned was a jewelry owned a jewelry store, and I and at the time, I uh, had to spend a lot of time with him uh, because I wasn't old enough for school yet, and both my parents worked, so I spent a lot of time just kind of sitting behind the desk with him while he worked, and uh, just being being a bored kid, nothing to do, uh, and he had a old-fashioned coffee grinder that with a hand crank so i would spend i have no idea how much time just standing over this thing cranking it and smelling the smell of the fresh coffee grounds coming out of this thing and that smell i absolutely fell in love with it as a kid uh, i'm not i'm not it wasn't a huge fan of coffee itself till i got a lot older but uh but Ever since then, the smell the smell of fresh coffee grounds has, has become like a sensory thing. It just unlocks that 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 feeling of just kind of being being comforted, having your having kind of having your boredom relieved, and just taking a moment to enjoy that 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 sensory moment. And so I uh, that smell still kind of takes me back to this day. Love it. Love love That's sensory. That's awesome. Memory. That's a good yeah. memory. Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously, with me, uh, me music, of course. But uh, I, I should just really title this show "My Brother Michael" because <laughs> we, we were, uh, we moved around a lot as kids, just bipping around different places. And two years younger than I am, then Mark came a little bit later on. But Michael, in those years where you, you tend to get more scared, you know, because Mark was seven when I was born, but. Michael and I, we were always there for each other. You know, we, we shared a room more often than not up until, up until Mark was born. Michael and I shared a room and uh, anything scary, we had the other, other guy there to help us out. And uh, that was that was very cool having that brother. It was so fun. Talked with him earlier tonight. He was looking for some movie recommendations. And he's like, well, I, nothing scary. I don't know. Well, what do you got? It's, but yeah, we're, it's the, the distance is more than, than it's ever been. But no. Michael was a good comfort, you know, siblings. And I, I try to remember, did, did I torture him a little bit? Well, I threw him off the couch when, when he first got home from the hospital because I was two and, you know, the oldest, that's my couch. But after that, Michael and I pretty smooth sailing. And like I said, we, we were almost best friends practically, just uh, having each other's backs and all that stuff. So my, Michael would be my comfort. Yeah, good, good times with the brother. Absolutely. Watching cartoons or playing catch or just, you know, just doing anything. Yeah. Your bro is your happy place. Yeah. That's cool. Right on. After all the, after all the horrible things people said about siblings, I feel a little, a little guilty <laughs> with that, but, but that's the Catholic in me, folks. There's gotta be some guilt somewhere. So yeah. 
Well, I'm I'm very envious because I didn't have that. I you know I was the only child till I was ten, so you figure they're not even really doing anything till they're five. Yeah. You know, by then I had already I was in high school and you know so I didn't I didn't have that. So I'm very envious. It sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, but you were you were getting to go go to uh, to music festival. You're at the US festival when you're that age. So uh, this is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah, I found other comfort zones, but yeah, I had some freedom and uh, I used it because you know I was the only child. They just let me be feral. <laughs> the seventies and eighties, folks. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Awesome time to grow up. Yeah. I can relate to that kind of what you were saying about Michael because my um, older brother Stephen, he was two years older than me, and we were always just buddies when we were growing up, and used to play together all the time. Used to try to get me to box with him and stuff, and you know, just played all the time until I got injured because it never failed that whenever we would be playing together, he was two years bigger than me. So I would always end up getting injured somehow and then he'd get in trouble and then he'd resent me for a little bit and then we'd go back to being best friends again. So repeat. Yep. That's pretty much how that went. But yeah, it was, it was cool. And of course he's gone now. So kind of sucks, but you know, Therapy night, folks, here on all over the the Halloween episode. We got the scaries, we got the comfort, and very quickly around the horn. Very, we're this is lightning round, and we're going to end this show, and we're going to go with our favorite Halloween candy. Christine, go. Ice cream. (laughs) Marty, good lord. No, mine is take five. My my favorite Halloween candy is the take five. I don't even know what that is. It's, it's pretty much everything. It's got pretzels and caramel and crispies and chocolate. And it's just kind of kind of like a baby Ruth, but it's got like it's five different ingredients that are in it. It's so amazing. It's so freaking good. All right. Well, I'll try it. Marty, what's your, what, is that, is that going to be your, your possible number one? Snickers. Snickers. All right. Jim. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm going to go with the, the um, long gone away the marathon bar so right now anything that has caramel in it that's my favorite boom as long as it doesn't have coconut caramel that's it the halloween show folks here on all over the place thanks for checking us out we'll be back next week with yet another fun show a little less therapy a lot more interview fun take care everybody You've been listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. If you like what you've been listening to, and you know you have, be sure to share it with friends and family, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever. Content contained herein have been the opinions of the hosts, the producer, and the guests only. You have listened at your own risk. 